Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Good afternoon. I'm Jim Taylor in for Rebecca Corral. Here's what's happening. Mass evacuations along Australia's New South Wales coastline. Biggest relocation of people that region has ever seen. As KCBS's Holly Kwan tells us, a renowned UC Berkeley fire expert explains why he thinks California ought to consider Australia's approach to fire preparation. The eerie similarities between California and Western Australia create the perfect opportunity to learn. I still look at Australia as one of the world's leaders of trying to actually engage people in issues around fire. Cal Professor Scott Stevens is a leading fire researcher. Five years ago, he spent time in Western Australia studying drought and fire behavior. They do a much better job building their structures to try to withstand attack from embers and um, sparks. They do a little bit better in terms of planning communities, where they build, putting in uh, fuel breaks around communities that are actually paid for by the development themselves. So when you build something in Australia, a lot of times the downhill slope of your community is always going to be a fire-safe area. You can't even put houses there because fires come up ridges faster and they can threaten communities. And they teach people how to protect their own homes. But in California, fire officials don't like that approach. Mike Moeller is Cal Fire Deputy Chief. It's more of a risk to put uh, the public with a false sense of security that they could defend their property from a, uh, you know, a, a wind-driven fire. It's our focus has to be on early evacuation, safe evacuation, um, and then it also frees up those um, thoroughfares to get equipment in. So that's really our focus. Paul Kwan, KCBS. There is good news and there's bad news when it comes to crime in the Bay Area's biggest city. As KCBS's Matt Bigler reports now, home break-ins down in San Jose. Violent crime up a little. Between 2014 and 2018, home burglaries were down nearly 40 percent here in San Jose, according to just-released FBI crime statistics. There are two main reasons. Police have been targeting burglary crews, and San Jose residents are installing more home security cameras. I just took the steps to protect myself, and I got cameras all over my house, inside, outside. We have a Nest camera. I did have somebody come up to the door in the middle of the night once, just like trying to open the door and get in and I think he was just drunk or high and maybe even didn't know where he was. John Bellamerick says his biggest crime concern is homelessness. His daughter Audrey was also uneasy about the large number of transients, but she has her own creative solution. If you give homeless people like a little care package, it's better than just giving them money because if you give them money, they could use it for basically whatever they wanted. Meanwhile, violent crime is up slightly in San Jose, about 3%, led by a rise in aggravated assaults. In Willow Glen in San Jose, Matt Bigler, KCBS. A record low number of homicides in San Francisco last year. Chronicle reporting there were 41 killings in 2019. That's the fewest since 1963. Part of an overall decline in violent crime in the last decade. City also saw a 6% drop in shootings, 8% drop in violent crime from the previous year including drops in assaults and rapes and robberies. City officials attributing the recent downturn in violent crime to police and community groups, focusing their resources on crime-challenged neighborhoods. 
Some inconvenience this morning for those hoping to catch a ride in San Francisco's iconic cable car lines. KCBS's Scott Leteria. What happened, Scott? Yeah, Jim, the cable car turnaround here at Bay and Taylor was down and out for a while this morning because a car had some new wood at its base that interfered with it being able to turn around and head back up Taylor Street. Johnny Sue is that particular line's cable car operator. There's too much wood. Sometimes the spring doesn't go up high enough. Then you get a hard time uh, pushing it off the, the, the table. So if it was just one car, that means that you couldn't uh, get the other cars moving behind it or what? That's correct. Now, the day after New Year's Day, still a ton of tourists out here. Many this morning had to take shuttle buses that were put into service, but things are back to normal with many folks here. These, like these tourists from Minnesota, still jazzed. So you guys are in town just to have fun and take the cable car? Yeah, absolutely. We are looking at all of the hotspots around town and just trying to figure out these system here. <laughs> what is it about the cable car that, uh, you know, that excites you? It's old school. It just looks really neat. It's been something that we've seen since growing up when we were little kids, so yeah. I always want to try it. Yeah, and it's a beautiful day for a cable car ride halfway to the stars. Scott Letary, KCBS. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio.